0: welcome to the give back economy a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise now with your host Peter Miller and today we're moving south of the border to Connecticut to talk to Vanessa Avery of shared sharing secrets secrets sharing sacred spaces so welcome Vanessa
1: thank you peter it's really good to be with you
0: okay so this is a lady who has a lot of academic background so we're probably going to spend half an hour going through all her <laughs> credentials but let's let's take a try and start on your post secondary education
1: Oh, so you know, not all the way back to elementary school. Then. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I I have uh, I have a couple of degrees. I would I would sum it up by saying, well, first of all, I'm a I am a big fan of Canada, and so when I decided to go to school, I decided on McGill University, and uh, the primary reason because it wasn't well known in the States back then when I, you know, when I was first going to college. But the primary reason is because I had fallen in love with French and I wanted to continue in French studies. And McGill seemed like the perfect place to do that. It was a fantastic school, the Harvard of the North and a uh, great French studies program. So I actually went up to McGill for French studies and lived in Montreal then for five years a lot of the people from Montreal, I mean, at McGill, are actually from Toronto. Um, so, uh, you know, most of my friends today from college are are from Toronto. Some are from Winnipeg or Victoria and thereabouts. But uh, I got a great education, not just in French, but in um, Canadian culture and geography. Uh, so... I'm very proud to have that to this day. So I did that, I I did actually switch from French studies into religious studies, I did comparative religion at McGill, and then I went on to do a degree at King's College London in Hebrew Bible, and then a second master's at Yale Divinity School, finally a PhD at the University of Exeter back in England.
0: So no schooling in the United States.
1: Just Yale, I I snuck one in, in between, I snuck one in.
0: Okay, so let's talk about your work experience, post-secondary.
1: Sure. Uh, That, you know, I I consider my real work to have started when I finished my degree at Yale Divinity School. And um, I was in my late 20s, and I at that point had three degrees in religious studies. And what was really starting to take hold in the culture was cultural diversity training. I don't remember how I first came to hear about it, but I I had some experience in corporate, you know, things I did through college and and I started hearing about cultural diversity training, but I didn't hear anyone talking about religious diversity training. And I thought, You know, maybe this is a place where I could put my knowledge to work in service of people, uh, you know, helping people around religious differences. And um, I wanted to raise that awareness. I started researching legal cases around religious diversity and discrimination. I realized there were thousands and thousands of cases every year. So I really put my mind uh, and heart into building a consulting business around religious diversity, I did that for many years. I eventually uh, joined forces with a company called Cambridge partners up in Massachusetts. And together we did other types of diversity as well. I did religious and together we did international and cultural and uh, management skills and core competencies. Um, And that was really how I got started in, in my work I eventually went back and did my Ph.D. and turned my career to academia for several years. But, but shortly after that, I met Suzanne Morgan, who was the, I am mean, sharing sacred spaces is the brainchild of Suzanne Morgan, who is a retired architect. And um, I met her, and I learned about her program, and really, the rest is history. <laughs> um, I guess I could talk more about that if you wish. It it. Uh,
0: well, uh, how did the name come up? Who, uh, how how did the name become created?
1: The name sharing sacred spaces. And
0: what's the purpose?
1: Yeah, so Suzanne had. In well, the really the history of this goes back to 2001, after 9/11. Uh, Suzanne had, I was already doing my religious diversity training, Suzanne and I hadn't known each other, but but her heart was also in bringing awareness across religious difference, and as an architect, she saw the way to do that was through space. So she had opened an interfaith prayer space in Chicago, and after 9-11, uh, it, was, it was for everybody, it was an inclusive prayer space, but it was also a safe space for Muslims to go and pray. Uh, At that point, the organization was called the Center for Religious Architecture. And then over time, she became connected with the Parliament of the World's Religions and they ran together, she and the Parliament, uh, uh, the process called Sharing Sacred Spaces, which was bringing six to 10 religious congregations together in a one-year process where they would visit one another's spaces, have trainings, uh, or rather at that point, just gatherings in between those big visits for, for conversation and dialogue, and then taking together a civic action at the end of the process. So that ran in 2011. And then there was a hiatus where the program wasn't run, and I met Suzanne around 2017 At that time, the organization was called Sacred Space International, and the program was called Sharing Sacred Spaces. Suzanne and I worked together running the program in two more cities, and then it was going very well, and we saw opportunities for other funding. So we applied for 501c3 status, which we gained in 2019, and... At that point, when we applied, we actually changed the name of the organization to Sharing Sacred Spaces, because S- Sacred Space International seemed to have connotations of um, you know, rockets launching and, and very exciting things, but not exactly what we were doing. <laughs> so, uh, so we renamed the organization, and now that primary program that we run, uh, we also renamed to be the interreligious communities project, which seems to speak to really what it is as well. Um, so that is, that is our interesting history. We've always been sharing sacred spaces under the 501c3. Um,
0: and what's the purpose again?
1: Our purpose is to, uh, well, we begin with diversity. We create belonging and then we empower people to make a difference. So we bring people together across difference. And I like to say, it's not just your one-off interfaith evening where you visit a space and then that's it. We focus on building those relationships and building belonging in the different spaces that we bring people to so that there are friendships and there are humanizations that take place that otherwise don't really have the opportunity to develop.
0: So I went on the Toronto version of what you're offering and they included a solidarity pledge. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, thank you. And I'm so glad you got to attend that program. Toronto went through the interreligious community project. There were nine congregations that went through the whole process. And this, they even launched after COVID. So they had been virtual for a full year and a half. Um, And so we did virtual tours of all of their spaces. And then in between, we met on Zoom and the core participants went through trainings and dialogue. and stereotypes and uh, mental models as I call them, uh, different kinds of listening exercises. And then, so they went through a year and a half of this program and the Solidarity Pledge is something that every city we run has an option to say yes or no to. So far, everyone said yes uh, and Toronto said yes, we'd like to sign the Solidarity Pledge and so, all of the nine congregations got together to sign this. Uh, it's, it's a pledge of support to stand together in the face of hatred, bias, discrimination, and to support one another in times uh, where one may be um, discriminated against. And it's important to have that network. So they all came forth. Each community uh, that you saw, took part in the process, made a declaration of why they're taking the pledge and and then signed the pledge. It's really beautiful. Um,
0: So Vanessa, where else have you run a similar event?
1: this started uh, in Chicago. The first process was run there. Uh, And then we ran one in New Haven, Connecticut, Stamford, Connecticut, Toronto, as you just saw, and we're ramping up uh, a program in Northern Virginia as well.
0: That's terrific. So, do you have a team that help you with what you're doing?
1: I have, I have um, a very small team. <laughs> uh, I do have a board of directors, and I do have a handful of advisors right now. That's growing. And, and we're focused on growing our leadership body and our advisory body as well. Uh, I have interns typically, uh, probably two or three a year from different universities. And I have uh, one consultant that works with me um, who is extraordinarily helpful and I'm, I'm very grateful.
0: Okay, talk about the importance of partnerships.
1: Of partnerships well partnerships with other nonprofits do you mean
0: whether it's communities of faith whether it's nonprofits any group or groups that you partner with to make things happen
1: sure well I can talk about the congregations in New Haven for example where we did the second process and in particular i always recall uh, two of the congregations that were in the program the society of friends and the dixwell avenue ucc church and they had determined by the end of the program that they were going to start a preschool together and this is to me this was an extraordinary type of partnership because oftentimes one religious congregation won't have the resources or the bandwidth to create something like that. But if you put them together, <laughs> they can come up with the resources and the bandwidth to do it. And that includes space, it includes staff, it includes money, it includes all different kinds of things. And this was in, you know, these two congregations also, they're both Protestant, but they're also in different parts of the city racially they're diverse it's a black church and it's a predominantly white quaker organization so i think about this the young people that will be in that preschool and how different they're going to how they're going to be able to process difference much differently than if they were only in one congregation contained so I think MLK really said it best that um, you know uh, Sunday is our most segregated time of the week, which is when we typically go to our religious well, when Christians anyway would go to their religious institutions, and so by bringing um, different religious communities together in partnership, we have all kinds of opportunities to explore being unsegregated and the most normalizing segregated <laughs> time of our week. And I find that to be just ec- an extraordinary way to make a difference for the next generations. Um, other kinds of partnerships that I hold, you know, uh, we're launching the program in Virginia with the Rumi Forum, which is a predominantly Muslim, it's a, it's a Muslim institution uh, that does interfaith work. And I find the strength of having local partners as well as invaluable. We had a local partner in Stamford as well, the Interfaith Council of Southwestern Connecticut. Uh, we had several, several partners up in Toronto, um, Jewish Christian Dialogue, uh, the United Church of Canada was a partner. Uh, it's just been invaluable to, to, to um, empower local resources through our program. But we need the local resources, (laughs) you know, the relationships that are already there in the society, the ability to um, gather stakeholders together so that our communities can feel that the region is supported. We can't do this without, without them.
0: So Vanessa, besides doing this, you're also doing teaching, is that correct?
1: I am, yes.
0: Where?
1: yeah uh, I teach interfaith engagement through sacred architecture at the Yale Divinity School. I also teach sociology of religion at uh, California State University in Chico. I do that online obviously <laughs> It's far away
0: oh, It's too bad um, you could visit them.
1: It's a little I, warmer there. <laughs> I'd love to, yeah. I I keep saying every year I have to go. The pandemic has been a little bit of a damper on that, but uh, I need to pay a visit soon, yeah. So
0: Vanessa, where in three years we're sharing secret spaces be, what will it look like?
1: You know, I would like to say that our program will be the sacred space through which people will come together in peace, and acting for good in 80 cities around the continent. And that will be in partnership as well with at least a dozen theological schools to also train our future religious leaders for practical ministry in the world.
0: That sounds very exciting. So uh, having said that, where can people reach out and get more information about the organization?
1: People can visit our website which is www.sharingsacredspaces.org.
0: Terrific. Well, thank you very much this afternoon, and we look forward to seeing you in 80 80 spaces in three years. That's a great target, and I really like that idea. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today.
1: Thanks so much, Peter.